As the states of Missouri and Kansas fight over who the New World Champions actually belong to, life goes on. The Chiefs are Kings once more, breaking a 50-year drought in the offseason has officially begun. As more and more stars continue negotiations, 31 franchises scramble to take down the Chiefs a year from now. All that and more on Beyond the Blitz. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. Blitz crew back at it as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest today, Tyler Miller, a dear friend of mine. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to have you on the show. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a sophomore here at Bridgewater College. I'm a health and exercise science major, and I am a big football fan. What's your team? I'm a Bengals fan, sadly. Cincinnati Bengals. Sadly. Second, second Bengals fan we've had on this show. But you guys have the number one overall pick, though. I mean, that's very true. That's nothing to be uh, sad about. Well, I mean, there's a lot to be sad about with the number oh, one Oh, I mean, with, with the way our season went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I but. got you. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start out, as always, with 10 headliners around the lead. What's going on around the NFL? And we're going to get our guest, Tyler's perspective on as to what's going on. So, Tyler, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, Hold let's on. start. Greg Olson has left Carolina, and new report says it wasn't mutual as it was originally reported. So what's next for the star tight end? Oh, man. Well, I think he would fit in really well either with the Patriots offense or he might just join Ron Rivera back in uh, Washington. I could definitely see him going with Ron Rivera, but at the same time, I could also see him not wanting to change things up at his age, yeah. kind of like what Tom Brady's going through right now. That's what I was thinking. That's why I'm yeah. thinking, because the Patriots are missing a big-name tight end right now. Yeah. And there's a lot and of good tight ends. There's a lot of good tight ends in free agency this year. Yeah. Not really a lot in the draft, though, so it's going to make it really interesting this offseason. Very weak tight end draft class. Yeah. The Chargers and head coach Anthony Lynn have agreed on a contract extension lasting all the way through 2021. Was this the right move? Ah, uh, I'm kind of iffy about this one. I mean, he's shown that he has some skill when it comes to coaching. I mean, they made the playoffs, not uh, obviously not this year, but yeah. getting rid of the franchise guy and getting a new quarterback is probably step number one. And I, I think if they do draft a new franchise guy, if you give them a season, I'm sure that they'll show some glimpses of what we've seen in the past. Moving back to Ron Rivera, he's actually optimistic that Trent Williams is going to come back to Washington. Do you think Williams will actually return, or do you think Ron Rivera is just hoping too much? The whole situation with Trent Williams is just messed up. The dude went to the training staff, and they misdiagnosed a tumor mm. in his head. Once, But they've, they've fired the training staff since then. It all comes down to what Trent Williams wants to do. I know he wants more money, and I know he wants a better training staff, so I mean... If the Redskins are willing to do that, then I could see him returning, especially with a new coach. If I was Trent Williams, that franchise has never really done anything for him. I yeah. would go to a competitor where he can truly show how good he is. Well, I think now that they actually have a coach like Ron Rivera, that they will be a competitor. They yeah. have talent on their roster. They Give it a few to, years. Yeah, they have talent on their roster. And it's young talent, too. Oh, yeah. It's not just like veterans that they have on their roster. I mean, they do have to sign a couple of guys this offseason, but yeah. the fact that you finally i think the big thing is they finally have a number one wide receiver and terry mccorn but see the thing is they're also getting pretty old in some positions That's like true. you're gonna have to start thinking about replacing kerrigan here pretty soon well i mean you have the number two overall pick and you're about to get chase young so yeah but i don't know if i would put him at outside linebacker like Kerrigan. That's true, that's true. I mean, he is technically an edge rusher, but I would definitely want him more at D-end than I would at outside linebacker. That's true. In that system. 
The Atlanta Falcons have announced that they will not pursue contract talks with the 2016 sack leader, Vic Beasley. So where will he land? Oh, that's a tough one. I would have to go with Jacksonville. Okay. All right. I, I just see think that. that their defensive end depth is... I mean, they're about to lose Clayus Campbell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the thing is about Vic Beasley is he's shown that he has what it takes, but he just isn't consistent at all. I just don't think Atlanta's a good steam fit for Vic Beasley. I think he's a good athlete, and he's I, definitely shown well, he's a powerful is, athlete. The thing is, I see him more of a 3-4 outside linebacker than I do a 4-3 defensive end. You think so? Yeah, for sure. For sure. What do you think about Tom Brady's tweet just before the Super Bowl that the commercial was a tease? Honestly, did not know it was a Super Bowl commercial tease. I thought he was announcing his retirement the first time I saw it. Like, walking through that and, like, the all-black picture, I was like, okay, this is weird. Like, no way. Okay, but then I thought about it. I was like, no, he's not retiring. And then I had flashbacks to the Mean Joe Green commercial. Yeah. Like, where somebody's walking through the tunnel. Yo, mm -hmm. Mean Joe Green. Like, yeah. I'm such yeah. a big fan. <laughs> so it just made me think of that for a little bit. Um... I thought it was an announcement he was going to the Raiders, black and white. Or just tunnel. leaving the Patriots in general. But then, like, you see the commercial, and you're like, really? Did you really have to do that to us, Tom Brady? Like, as fans, like, a bunch of fans thought he was leaving New England because of it. This is Brady showing a little bit of a personality because he knows the entire <laughs> franchise, uh, the entire league is hanging onto the edge of their seats. Oh, and he knows That's his true. worth, too. He knows his worth. He That's knows his worth. He knows yeah. he's going to get paid. Yeah. I think he's going to save New England, as I've said on this podcast a couple of different times. But again, we'll see. You can never really predict these things. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Vernon Davis has officially announced his retirement. Where do you think he ranks on the all-time list of great tight ends? Dude is like sixth in touchdown catches and ninth in receptions for tight ends all time. So, I mean, I definitely feel like eventually one day he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Just not a first ballot. Not a first ballot. No. Not a first ballot. I agree with that. The Jaguars have to play not one, but two straight London home games next season. What do you think this says about the future of the NFL international game? I actually find this quite interesting. I think possibly in the next few years it could expand. We could start seeing some Europe teams being added into their own little, oh, not little, but like their own conference thing over there. That, so If the NFL has talked a lot about adding an international team, but they're not going to add a team, they're going to move a team. I think this is their way of saying, Jaguars, we're going to see how you do over there and see if the fans appeal to you. I could, the Jaguars I mean, I could very well that. move there. I could see that. If there's any team that you would move, it would be the Jaguars because yeah. they... Like, there are still, like, a newer franchise. I mean, they started in, I think, the mid-90s. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we are in, in 2020, so it is about, like, 25 years. But, like, they haven't really done anything except make That's two true. AFC championships. They haven't made the Super Bowl, so you might as well start them over pretty much in another country. I mean, everybody was so optimistic a couple of years ago. Leonard Fournette was just having a heck of a season. And that defense was the best defense oh in the gosh. NFL. Yeah, and, then and now Bortles. the fans are sad again. And then Blake Bortles <laughs> somehow. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting to me, though, because a lot of teams have recently relocated. Most of the teams that we're talking about relocation have relocated now. And then there's the Jaguars. What other? I don't think there's any other team that could really move to London except for the Jaguars. Fan bases would be pissed off if it was anybody but Jacksonville. Because a lot of the other fan bases have stayed there for 50 plus years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Who would you like to see the Chiefs open up the 2020 season against? We have these are the teams that they play at home. The okay. Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Texans, the Patriots, and the Jets. I'm going to say the Texans. Really? Start the season off with the Texans. I feel like that would be a good game. Rematch. I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I kind of like game. that. I was thinking the Patriots, but the Texans, I like that more. No, that could be good. 24 nothing first uh, half <laughs> blown lead. Be interesting to see. But this time it would be the Texans coming back. 
<laughs> no, sorry. Not. See if Deshaun Watson has enough in the tank this time. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys are expected to put the franchise tag on quarterback Dak Prescott. Is this the right move? And will Dak earn a long-term deal in 2020? It's the right move. It's definitely the right move. He's shown glimpses of being not an elite quarterback for sure, but he's definitely not bottom tier. Uh, I say you give him one more year on the franchise tag, and if he produces, then sign him again. But if he doesn't, then it's up to you. You have a new head coach, so see yeah. what he does with Mike McCarthy. And if yeah. he does well, give him the contract. Yeah, It's going to be 100% up to Mike McCarthy. Oh, if yeah. Mike McCarthy likes oh, Prescott, yeah. he stays. If not, he's gone. Yep. This is Mike McCarthy's team. This is a playoff team next year. Oh, my I'm gosh. I mean, they have so much talent. A veteran so head coach talent. with that much talent, this is a team you got to look out for. I mean, you season. have one of the best running backs in the NFL. You have one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. You have two amazing linebackers. They're about to yeah. lose their star receiver. There's no way they resign Amari Cooper. They and have too much on their plate. And their star corner in Byron Jones. Mm-hmm. They're about to lose two of their staple guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with those losses. The Cowboys will take a receiver in the first round. Oh, for sure. You, in the I, draft. I agree with that. Yeah. Joe they're, also gonna, they're also going to have to address their corner problem at some point. Yeah. They're also going to have to address it. Second round. <laughs> Just draft a guy. <laughs> Might as well. Sean Payton says it's probably very unlikely that all three quarterbacks in New Orleans will return. I know this is something we were talking about uh, behind the scenes earlier. Who do you think is going to leave, and where do you think that they will go? I, I'm telling you, man. I think Drew Brees is going to sign another one- or two-year deal, and he's going to be the dude for the rest of that contract. And then after that, I'd say he's done. But I don't know, man. It gets kind of tough after that because you have Teddy who's proven that he can be a starter. Like with the Vikings, he played really well. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't his fault that they lost in the playoffs. Yeah. And then starting the season 5-0 and for the Saints, like nobody expected that from yeah. Teddy. Mm-hmm. Like they were expecting, oh, 3-2, and 3-3. and But when you have a backup quarterback that can go out and give you a five win like start to the season i don't know man that kind of adds a lot to trade value if you think about it i'm also kind of surprised that teddy bridgewater didn't have at least one vote in the comeback player of the year because you come off a torn acl i think it was and i'm pretty sure he didn't have one vote he did he had one he He, had exactly one vote he did have one vote okay with that i think he could i think he should return to new Orleans. i definitely i could see him starting somewhere i could see him starting somewhere but my thing is he's already such a big part of that city like, the fans already love him. I feel really bad for Teddy because this is the second time he's been in this exact situation. You're mm-hmm. on a team with three star quarterbacks, and you're, they need to make a decision. Last time with the Vikings, he was on the wrong side of the ball. I it's going to happen again Case in New Keenum's Orleans. A star, though. He was at the time. At the time, he was lighting it up. At uh, the time, I mean, he was great. Yeah, but if you think about it, everybody has a season like that. Exactly, but that just happened to be his season, just and he looks be... like the Nets hot. I thing. wouldn't consider him a star by Not right now, side. absolutely yeah. not. But um, I do agree... Bradford and uh, Bridgewater. Yeah, that was a good... They had a lot of good quarterbacks. Moving on, it's time for Hot Takes. The NFL honors happened just before the Super Bowl where all of the best stars in the NFL received their appropriate rewards. But also, there was a Sunday night football social media poll where we got a fan vote on who should have won these positions. So we're going to look at these and we're going to see who we agree with and who is snubbed and who probably didn't earn the actual awards so just running through real quick the real winners of the nfl honors we have mvp lamar jackson becoming the second player ever to receive the award by a unanimous vote the offensive player of the year award went to michael thomas receiver of the new orleans saints the defensive player of the year went to cornerback stefan gilmore of the new england patriots the offensive rookie of the year went to arizona cardinals quarterback kyla murray 
Defensive Rookie of the Year went to San Francisco edge rusher Nick Boza. Comeback Player of the Year, Tennessee Titans red-hot quarterback Ryan Tannehill. The Coach of the Year, the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh. And the Walter Payton Man of the Year award went to Jaguars' Calais Campbell. The Sunday Night Football fan votes, they only had five trophies to give. Lamar Jackson received the MVP. The Offensive Rookie of the Year award went to Josh Jacobs, running back out of Oakland. Defensive Rookie of the Year stayed with Nick Bose. A Defensive Player of the Year stayed with Stephon Gilmore. The Comeback Player of the Year. This is what's interesting for me. Dalvin Cook, Minnesota Vikings running back. What do you guys think about some of these? I honestly, I think that Tannehill deserved it, 100%. Yes, I, I agree mean, with that. Dalvin Cook, great running back, don't get me wrong. But when you look at the team he's surrounded with, and you look at the team that other players were surrounded with, Tannehill didn't really have many big names on his team besides Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. But when you look at Minnesota, you have receivers like Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, you have Kyle Rudolph at tight end, and then your defense is just stacked. I mean, Harrison Smith, you have Everson Griffin. Their team is just amazing. They definitely have a Super Bowl-quality team. Yeah. I just think you got to look at it based on the entire team and what they did with what they had. Well, yeah. if you look at the actual votes, Dalvin Cook only received one real-life vote for mm -hmm. the award, which is crazy because Ryan Tannehill only won by one vote. You know who was second? Jimmy Garoppolo, another I, player who I definitely want to put in that contention. He did lead his team to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, for Quick sure. question, though. Would you put Jimmy Garoppolo or Dalvin Cook higher? I think Dalvin Cook contributed to that team he's one of the reasons why they were winning as much as they were and then when he got hurt they weren't playing as well so i mean you're talking when you talk about comeback player of the year or any of these awards dalvin cook was the christian mccaffrey of the minnesota vikings if it wasn't <laughs> but, for but him have, they don't make the playoffs. you have to admit you have to admit a couple of years ago when cook got hurt latavius murray and Jarek mckinnon they played very well oh they yeah did. they did well. and but they just didn't have the running backs this year to step up oh that's true that's true if they had had another running back like that then Exactly. Who but, knows? But, but the thing is, with any of these awards, it comes down to who makes the greatest impact on their true. team. That's true. And I just think that Dalvin Cook made a greater impact than Jimmy Garoppolo, though Jimmy Garoppolo had some great comebacks this year. I mean, didn't have it in the Super Bowl. Obviously, we're going to talk about that later. But I think Dalvin Cook was just a monster the first half of the season. He would have automatically had yeah. comeback player of the year and offensive player of the year if it ended halfway through the season, but he just got I hurt was, again. I was so excited at the beginning of this season watching Christian McCaffrey. I really thought he was about to break some records. This, this kid season. was in the MVP conversation yeah. until like week 10, week 12, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I was really excited to Until see. Carolina just fell off. Yeah. I mean, I was very disappointed with Carolina's season. Mm. Very disappointed. I can't say it's surprising. Then there's the decision of what do you do with Cam? What do you do with Cam? This is something I've said on the show a couple of times and just going to briefly repeat myself because a lot of people are probably tired of hearing me saying this. Carolina trades up number one overall pit, trades away two, three first round pits for Cam Newton. Cincinnati Bengals move up. They get their guy and then Carolina drafts Joe Burrow. That probably won't happen. It's a fantasy world for me. I'd love to see that happen, but it won't. And I'm sure as a Bengals fan, yeah, Tyler over I, there is seething, hoping that doesn't really happen. I, here's what I think. I mean, we talked about Tay Bridgewater. I want to see him stay in New Orleans, but Cam Newton leaves. Teddy goes to Carolina. They have a new coach. They want to start over. Either that happens happens when they get a quarterback in the draft i just don't see cam fitting with matt rule yeah i i agree cam's definitely gonna go somewhere matt rule wants to completely re-innovate this team he cam wants is to not revamp the team he just wants to he revamp does. the entire team. new oh, yeah. new look everything yeah. luke keekley and greg olsen are gone there's your two best yeah. players what do they got now absolutely nobody except well c-mac but <laughs> anyway obviously i mean you got to start looking for other weapons on the offense too because you got to draft a quarterback but then what are you gonna do about the receiver situation ted Ginn. 
Whew. Yeah, no, not yeah, even. That's, yeah. Offensive rookie of the year, Kyler Murray. That's another one I want to talk about for a little bit. <sighs> I don't think this is the right pick. Well, okay, so it doesn't surprise me that he won it, but by how many votes he won it. He had 26 and a half votes, and Josh Jacobs only had 13. That's crazy to me. I know Josh Jacobs got hurt for some of the year, but Josh Jacobs was the reason why they were contending for the sixth seed in the AFC. Justin, we were talking about most of the season, or especially towards the end for a little bit. The Raiders were getting hot for a little bit, and we were thinking they might sneak in, and then, well, we all knew what happened. Right. That didn't happen. But... I will say Kyler Murray had some bursts this season. He There were some parts of the season where he looked like Maybe not the franchise quarterback of the Cardinals, but an electric quarterback. One of those kind of Lamar Jackson kind of guys who can move around. Maybe even Russell Wilson I could compare him to. Run around the field, make a play. But he didn't really have that much of an impact on his team as a rookie other than, like, he was the first overall pick. And then he won a couple of games. The games that he did win were against teams I'm pretty sure were under 500 in record, except maybe one or two teams. But other than that, I mean, I didn't really see him really as much as an electric quarterback except for a couple really good games that he had but Josh Jacobs was more consistent until he got hurt when you're the number one overall pick and a Heisman winner you're gonna have not you're gonna have triple set of eyes on you everyone's gonna be looking at you and you're gonna have an unfair advantage over everyone else because there's more expectations of you and when you don't play bad they think you play amazing Kyler is fine He's not bad. He's not the next Peyton Manning, whatever you want to say. He's okay. The Cardinals have a lot of holes, and he kept his team in games. I will give him that. He is athletic, and, you know, he's a rookie, but he wasn't making too many boneheaded decisions. It's just like what we were talking about earlier, who makes a bigger impact. And if you look at it, that Raiders offense with Josh Jacobs was way better than it was without Josh Jacobs. I think Kyler in the future will be... When they give him a couple years to develop... They just need to find a receiver, though. Fitzgerald's out the door. He's, I mean, he, yeah. he signed a contract, well, one-year extension, and so but they need to find a number one receiver. Christian Kirk's not the number one guy. He's, he's a great number two. Oh, he's either a number two or a really good slot receiver. Oh, yeah. So if you draft a good number one guy, then I could see the Cardinals going somewhere. The other controversial topic I wanted to talk about for a quick second is when you look at the MVP, usually a quarterback, offensive player, whatever, and then the offensive player of the year award, why are these two different things? If you win the MVP, you should be ineligible for the Offensive Player of the Year award. But here's what's crazy. Lamar Jackson got 17 votes. Michael Thomas only got 19. Why, if if you're eligible and you're the MVP, why do you also not get the Offensive Player of the Year award? I don't understand. If Michael Thomas is the Offensive Player of the Year award, give him MVP. But Lamar Jackson is MVP. Give him Offensive Player of the Year award or make him ineligible since he won the MVP yeah. to get Offensive Player award and just get rid of all of his votes. I feel like this was just one of those weird seasons where Lamar Jackson broke records. But then you also had a receiver break a lot of records. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you kind of have to reward both of those guys. You know what I'm saying? That's like, what I'm saying. Lamar should just be eligible for the award. I, I mean, I would agree with you if he also won Offensive Player of the Year. But I feel like they did the right thing in giving it to Michael Thomas. They both deserve credit. Oh, sure. yeah, for sure. They both had incredible seasons. If I was a voter, I would have given it to Lamar Jackson just because you pretty much did it in both rushing and passing. Yeah. He led the league and passing touchdowns, and he was top 10 in rushing yards. So you did it both. If it's just passing, I don't give you the Offensive Player yeah. of the Year. But also, like, to Michael Thomas, like, he broke the record for most receptions in a season. So, like, giving it to him, I think it was a fantastic but then also you have christian mccaffrey in here who also had a lot of oh, votes yeah. so oh, yeah. i mean offensive player of the year was super competitive this year super competitive one thing i want to point out about michael thomas is for almost half the season he was playing with a different quarterback 
So he was getting looks from different quarterbacks. You know, some players favor other people. Both of these people were looking towards Michael Thomas. So he truly just was the star. Well, he's just one of those talents on the field. You got to give him the ball. You have to. You have to give him the ball. The last award I want to talk about is coach of the year, John Harbaugh. This is another one I disagree with. I personally think Matt LaFleur should have gotten it. Rookie coach, 13-3, and three, second seed of a team that missed the playoffs the year before. The other argument, of course, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I mean, uh, but, I said it the last time, um, last week when we had our podcast, if Kyle Shanahan doesn't get it, I'm going to be mad. And I am. Because how do you go from having the number two overall pick the previous year to having number one seed in the NFC and then going to the Super Bowl? That just that doesn't happen. And I know... Arguments are like the front office did a lot of work, which I will give it to John Lynch. Credit to him, one of the best, definitely, um, in the game. I, agree. I, I agree. would definitely say that, but you have to give it to your coach as well, though. So I can see why John Harbaugh won it. I'm not saying John Harbaugh doesn't deserve it, 100% deserves it because they lost a lot on defense. Oh, yeah, and they were a top five defense this year, even with losing CJ Mosley, even losing Eric Weddle and some of your best guys on defense. But then you go out and you get a guy like Marcus Peters, and you make that defense better. And they had guys step up this year, too. Oh, yeah, Judon. Judon, Humphreys. Oh, they stepped up. They stepped up, up. yeah. So, again, like, I would have liked Kyle Shanahan to win it, but John Harbaugh definitely deserves it. Yeah. I mean, I agree with Brandon. I definitely think that Matt LaFleur, first-year coach. But my whole thing about that situation is you're coming into a team that's already got a lot of talent, and you're expected to win. Yeah, that's a little different than the Bengals first year coach coming Zach Taylor coming in with a roster that doesn't really have a whole lot of talent. And when we do, they always get hurt. Yeah, definitely. Moving on, we want to talk about the new Hall of Fame class. Also announced a lot and going on around the lead right now. Hall of Fame class has officially been announced. We have Troy Palomalu, Steve Atwater, Edgar and James Isaac Bruce and Steve Hutchinson. So the question is, is who did we want to get in that didn't this year and who should have taken their place. I think for me, it has to be Alan Fanica, the guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is more, <laughs> this is less of me being a Steelers fan and more of me just as just a fan of someone just getting in because I believe he's been waiting for the past five years to get in. When you wait five plus years, deserve to get in the Hall of Fame. But you could say that about almost any of these players getting in. Like you could say that about Isaac Bruce receivers. It takes forever for receivers to get in. So... I could say Alan Fanica definitely deserved to get in. I would put him over Steve Hutchinson. Both great offensive linemen, but I just think Fanica deserved it more just because the Steelers weren't really working with that much running back-wise. I don't know they had Jerome Bettis, and they did have Willie Parker. But like when Bettis got hurt and when he was out of those games, like they had a rookie and Willie Parker come in and dominate the league for a little bit just because I think that offensive line was great and Fanica was part of it. I can honestly agree with that. Like, I'm not even upset. I'm a Bengals <laughs> fan. I agree with that completely. Because here's the thing. Offensive linemen never get enough credit. Yeah. They never get enough never. credit. Steve Mm-mm. Hutchinson finally got in. I'm proud of them. Oh, he yeah. He deserved it. No, I will say definitely deserved that. But another guy I could think of is I would have liked to see John Lynch get in. Mm. I don't know why he didn't get in. And nothing against... Steve Atwater, because he was a great oh, safety, great player. very Hard underrated, Hard hardest hitter. hitter football history. Oh, yeah. I would say that, but John Lynch as well. I could see him. I could see the argument for him getting over Steve. I think he'll get in next year. Oh, definitely. Oh, for sure, it, for sure. Like I could see him like getting in as a player, but then front office in the future, because I know some front office people also get into the Hall of Fame. So, like I could definitely see him in the future. I have two picks here. I agree. I I think Isaac Bruce probably shouldn't have gotten in, at least not quite yet. There's more people deserving. I have two people I want to talk about. 
Reggie Wayne and okay. Rondé Barber. Yeah. Yeah. These two people need to get in the Hall of Fame. Why are they not already? I think both of them deserve it more than Isaac Bruce. Nothing against Isaac Bruce. Great player, deserves a Hall of Fame, just maybe not ahead of these two. And the thing is, Rondé Barber wasn't even in the finalists. He it, was not a finalist. It blows my mind. Why? Why was he not? It doesn't make any sense to me. He was a part of one of the best defenses in NFL history. And then the fact that he continued to play well, even when the Buccaneers were one of the worst teams in the NFL. Like, that's a shocker to me. To me, he's like the Joe Thomas of the Buccaneers. Yeah. Like, if Joe Thomas doesn't get in first bout Hall of Fame, oh, like, goodness. making the Pro Bowl oh, and all to. pro. That's the day I stopped watching to. football. He As a Brown, to. he That's has the day to. I stopped watching football. He has to. Yeah. Now we finally, we finally gotten there. Super Bowl 54 is in the books, and the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the 49ers 31-20, to including another another fourth quarter comeback 21 points and down goes kyle shanahan once again another double digit blown lead in the big game where would you guys rate this among the all-time super bowls that's really hard for me because i thought for the second and third quarter this was a very boring game to be honest with you it wasn't last year boring it wasn't rams patriots yeah, yeah. part two boring yeah think i would rate this probably top 15 mainly because of the fourth quarter and the comeback yeah. i will say first three quarters this is a 49ers game especially when they scored that second touchdown they went up 20 to 10 it looked like it was their game but i mean if you've been watching the playoffs the entire year you knew with six minutes left pat mahomes has the ball there's no way they're gonna they lose always the ball. get off to a slow game. start they always, always. This always. game went almost exactly how I predicted it on this show. Tell me it wasn't. Fourth quarter comeback, Kansas City Chiefs unstoppable in the fourth quarter, even though the 49ers did get a turnover. But that okay, but regarded can, aside. Can we, can we talk about Debo Samuel's performance? If yes. the 49ers won, either Debo Samuel or Nick Boza would have got the Super Bowl. I mean, MVP. Debo Samuel was incredible in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. He was the guy. Um, no, he the was offense. the guy, especially as a rookie. Playing yeah. that well on oh, that yeah. stage, fantastic. Yeah. He's going to be he's gonna franchise. Be, yeah. This yeah, rookie yeah. class is the best. Of, the rookie class of receivers is the best class I have seen probably ever. And it's funny because most of those receivers were not first-round picks that we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, I know. You got Debo Samuels. You got DK Metcalf. You have Scary Terry. You have Hollywood yep. Brown. You have McCole Hartman. Who also played in the Super Bowl. Didn't do too played, much. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do much, but also played in the Super Bowl. Did mm-hmm. a decent amount during the season. He yeah. did. He did catch a couple yeah. of balls in the game. He wasn't a complete goner. But I mean, I mean, when you when you have receivers like Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill on your yeah. team, also I mean, okay, if we're talking about other players that had huge games, Sammy Watkins. Oh had, yeah. He oh, yeah. was doing nothing throughout the playoffs, and then comes out in the Super Bowl. Fantastic game from him. But the guy who I thought should have won the MVP of this game was Damian Williams. He had a fantastic game. Seventeen carries, over a hundred yards, had a touchdown receiving and a touchdown rushing in this game. I mean, yes, Pat Mahomes had a fantastic game. He's the reason why they won this game. But Damian Williams, I mean, he even said like at the end of the game, he was like, I want the ball. Give me the ball. I'm going to score for this team and we're going to win. <laughs> Do you think that the Chiefs is a dynasty? Do you think this Kansas City Chiefs team can become the next dynasty to replace the New England Patriots? Uh, I can see for the next couple of years them dominating in the AFC because I don't see anyone. Because the Patriots, right, I'm not saying they're going to fall apart because it's Bill Belichick. Yeah. But right now they're just kind of in a, for the Patriots at least, like a down year, which is going to be like, like 10 or 11 wins like that's crazy that we consider that a down year for any team but i think they're gonna dominate the afc for at least the next two or three years it just depends how long does andy reed want to coach in the nfl that's what that depends on as long as he has mahomes he's won his super bowl He's won his Super Bowl. And he's up there in and age. He's getting he's his been, White House visit. He's been That's coaching true. for 20, 30 plus years. I mean, 
at some point you're gonna have to call it quits what would you guys say was the turning point of this game the moment where you knew the chiefs had this um when the chiefs stopped the 49ers when the 49ers were up by 10 points and it looked like the 49ers they had an opportunity to go down the field but a three and out that was a turning point for I me i agree 100 percent are very big for defenses after that turnover when they could not capitalize on that patrick mahomes interception over yep. yeah and that was the difference or their offense would always capitalize who do y'all think were the biggest X factors of the game? Secret X factors. Someone that we haven't been talking about as much. Well, you already heard mine, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. And then he was talking about Damian Williams. I mean, you when you when you talk about the Chiefs, you hear, oh, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. If you want to yeah. talk about a guy Tyreek Hill was quiet. Yeah. yeah. A guy on yeah. the also, I just think it's funny how there was at least two or three instances where a receiver for the Chiefs caught the ball at the first down yard marker and then scoots that back. was annoying me that was yeah. annoying me. i was mad about that i know I what are you doing <laughs> i know i couldn't believe that but one guy chris jones he was fantastic yeah, in this that game he, he knocked down two passes where there were wide open guys for the 49ers so he had a great game i think he got a sack and he a came couple. alive in the fourth quarter oh he de- he, he was one of the reasons why the chiefs yeah. won this game and why their defense was so good in the fourth quarter. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. 50-year drought has been ended. Congratulations. You guys deserve it. Andy Reid finally got a ring. I'm happy for him. But now we have to move on. We have to move on. You know what time it is, Justin? Oh, I know what time it is. I know what time it is. It's time for Way Too Early Predictions. So today we're going to be talking about the draft. The first time the offseason's begun, it's only fitting we talk about the draft. We're going to go over who's poised to have the best draft and who's poised to have a good draft, but it's going to mess it up. You know how I feel about this. The <laughs> Bengals are going to figure out some way to mess it up. They're going to figure out some way to mess it up. We're going to draft Joe Burrow first overall, and then we're going to give him nothing to work with. That's, he already has nothing to work with. I mean, yeah. Like, A.J. Green, wow, you're hurt every year. Tyler Eifert, you're hurt every year. And he's gone. And he's also in free agency this year. He's not coming back. Cincinnati's I mean, when, you're, when your number one receiver is Tyler Boyd, you're not going to be winning many games. Don't no. get me wrong. He's a good receiver, but he's not a number one. No offensive yeah. line. Either. No offensive line. Jonah Williams progressed as the year went on. Jonah Williams is fine. He he definitely, for a rookie, he definitely progressed pretty well. But they're going to have to build. We're definitely going to have to build. We drafted Billy Price at center two years ago. He's progressed not as fast as Williams, I would say, but I would definitely say that Billy Price and Jonah Williams will continue to develop. We have got to work on that right side of our line. If we don't have a right guard and right tackle that we can actually run behind... Then we're not we're gonna have a one dimensional offense. My prediction is Miami. The Miami Dolphins have the best draft. Three first round picks. Yeah. If they mess this up, then just that franchise. You fire the coach. You you have you to fire, fire everybody. Yeah. You clean house. GM gone. Yeah. Done. I they have three first round picks. You got to get your quarterback. You got to get I a agree. receiver. You got to get yeah. some kind of just help somewhere. And then the team that's gonna mess it up, Justin. We were talking about this one earlier. We kind of saw eye to eye on this. The Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I really? can. Yeah, I could see that one just because like they have a lot of picks. Last year they made a lot of surprises. I mean, the fact that they drafted Farrell mm. when they should have gotten Josh Allen is insane, and I think they're gonna do that again this year. But I mean, all their players worked out. I think their first round picks they weren't terrible. Like they got Josh Jacobs, who again we thought should have gotten Offensive Rookie of the Year. So they they I think they will make some smart decisions, but I think more not as smart decisions than smart. I just don't trust John Gruden. I don't trust him when he won. I mean, his first move when he came in, let's get rid of Cleo Mack. Why? Why? What? Get rid of Amari Cooper. Your two best players. 
gone. Yeeted. Yeeted out the window. Yeah. Done. Yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> but I'm... also at the same time, this is a coach who is known for taking over a stud team that Tony Dungy built in the winning a Super Bowl with him. Yeah. John Gruden didn't deserve a Super Bowl, but he's getting credit as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Comes back into the NFL after being an analyst for Lord knows how long, and he's done absolutely nothing since. This year, they did decently you fine. You know why they, they did decent? Because there's some Gruden grinders. Gruden grinders. <laughs> there's some Gruden grinders. <laughs> absolutely, man. But I definitely think that the Raiders are going to be a team to watch out for if, if they draft a quarterback. I think Derek mm. Carr's time is limited. I mean, I they... don't think so. If they want a quarterback, they have two first-round picks. If you want to trade in the top five, get a guy. That's what I'm saying. I they think, have the ability to do it. They have the ability and the cap to do it. Derek Carr's fine. He's not the reason that they've been bad. Carr had a couple of really good seasons. He's shown that he deserves I mean, to be a starter. I mean, he's shown that he can be a franchise guy. Yeah. But then you have to look at his leg. I mean, that injury is gruesome. His leg's never going to be the same. I mean, that was a couple seasons... or. A season ago, but like, but you also want to look. He had no receivers except Darren Waller, yeah, to throw to. No targets. So I think it'd be like we were saying, like they could package first round picks to go up and get a guy. But why not use one pick on defense and then use another to get a number one receiver? I I just think that the Raiders are going to be an interesting draft. It is going to be super interesting draft. I think for me, I think because I was going to say the Dolphins, but I'm going to just go somewhere else. A team that doesn't has just has the amount of picks they do. Um, they have one pick in every round, and that's the Carolina Panthers. I really am interested to see what Matt Rule does with this draft. First-year coach, straight out of college, has been in college football for six, seven years. I'm just really interested to see what he's going to do in this draft, what he thinks the priorities are, especially because he is rebuilding this team from the ground up. I think they're going to have one of the better drafts. What are you talking about? I've already told you what the Panthers are going to do. Oh, well, they're going to trade not... up to get Joe Burrow. Yeah, well, then if, <laughs> they, not happening. if no. they do that, they're not, not going to have a good draft. They will not have a good draft if that happens. Um, but okay, you talked about Do you know the... what they would have to give up? To oh, get that everything. Pick? everything. Everything. That had and to be like Thanos and give up would, everything. Would still mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> that that'd be a good way for the Bengals to mess it up. Yeah. But I think okay, so you talked about the Las Vegas Raiders, but there's one team as well that I think won't have a good draft, and that's the New York Jets. I think with the fact that they kept Adam Gase as their head coach for this team just does not spell a good season coming up especially with the relations that he's having with Le'Veon Bell and even Le'Veon Bell I believe is saying like oh everything's like fine but some of his blown out of proportions but like even like the pick they had last year with Quinn Williams like he didn't really perform as well as I thought he would I mean granted like that was a slam dunk pick for everyone but this year I just don't know if I see them doing well in the 2020 draft another question for you guys which player in the draft is going to be the best player and which is going to be the biggest bust? Ah, uh, best player, it's either Chase Young or Burrow. And I know, I know people aren't going to like to hear me say that, but I, it's got to be one of those two. I mean, Chase Young, look at the dude. Mm -hmm. He is just a freak. He is a freak athlete. I've said it on the show a couple of times. I think Chase Young is going to be the next J.J. Watt before J.J. Watt got injured. Yeah. Primetime monster. I definitely think that Joe Burrow is still going to go first overall. Again, if he doesn't, Bengals are gone for the next 10 years. They have nothing to work nothing. with. I think for me, it's either it's going to be an offensive player I think that's going to have the biggest impact. I mean, for me, it's who has the biggest impact on our team. I see two guys, Jerry Judy. 
I think yes. he's going to be a number yeah. one receiver as soon as he comes in. But another guy who I think is going to fall the second round, Jonathan Taylor, running back out of uh, Stanford. Stanford. Okay. I like this guy. I think especially a team who maybe just recently got rid of a running back and you need a running back, especially second or he could fall the third round potentially because of all the quarterbacks and receivers. Cause this is a receiver heavy draft. Oh yeah. And at least for the first round of quarterback heavy draft. So I could see him falling to the third round and to a team that has talent. Then you just need one guy. You just need that running back. Jonathan Taylor gets drafted over a thousand yards. I mean, he doesn't even have to be your all down back. He can no. be a third down running back. You can put him in the slot. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, went to Stanford. Next. I also like Lamb out of Oklahoma. Absolutely. CeeDee Lamb got to yeah. dominate. Yeah. Again, this could probably be one of the best receiver classes, at least talent coming out. Again, like we don't know who they're going to play on. They could yeah. come into a bad system and not play well. But right now, it looks like one of the most, like the stacked receiver class I've ever seen. I can't believe we're saying that because last year's receiver draft class, we just talked about that a couple of minutes ago. And then this year's. The receivers for the next 10 years or so, the young receivers, yep. are going to own the NFL. We're going to see receiving records being shattered just because all of these receivers are going to be high-powered defenses. They're not going to know what to do with these guys. That's what I was thinking because you have these explosive players coming in on offense, but the players on defense in the draft I don't think are nearly as talented as the offensive players coming in. We're going to see a massive increase of defensive holding calls over the next couple of years. Well, that's the thing. Like, if we're comparing last year to this year, this year's offensive heavy, last year was defensive that's heavy. That's true. Last year, first round was all mostly defense. I think, like, 70% of what was drafted was defense. So this year, yeah. it's going to be more towards offense, especially with, like, some of the offensive linemen in this draft class are fantastic oh, and and then the receiver class there's going to be at least five receivers taken in the first round unlike last year where the first receiver taken was i think hollywood brown with the 20 something pick by the ravens so like great massive pick, difference great pick oh fantastic pick what i have is the best player in the draft chase young i completely agree with that absolute monster the biggest bust for me is going to be tua tua tagavolia when he goes to miami no. when not mm -mm. if when miami drafts tua's quarterback He's going to be a bust. He's going to be bad. And he's going to be a third-string quarterback in four years. I, I think you were about to say this, but I don't think he's going to be a bust. If he doesn't go to Miami, he will be a bust because I think Miami is the one place where he can succeed. But I think for where he will be taken, he will be in quote-unquote a bust because he's going to be taking first five picks. I don't think he should be a first five pick, mostly because he's injured. You haven't seen what he can do after yeah. his injury. Yeah. So you're just basing it on what he was and not what he is. Is he even going to be able to participate in the combine? That's a big thing. If he, part if he can't participate in the combine, then if he, he will. If he go. participates in his pro day, I'll be happy. I will too. And if he looks good, then maybe top 10 but but i mean the dolphins are one of those teams where they need a quarterback they gotta reach i, mean, I don't see a player like tua not going to the combine or at least trying i don't think his numbers are going to be that good because of the injury but he's still a good athlete and my i think miami knows that but also here's but the smart. case here's the case for miami going all in on tua fitzpatrick said he's coming back and he's most likely coming back to Miami. You already have your insurance quarterback, even though he's up there in age. Even if Tua's hurt, you could put him on the bench a little bit. Even though you'll lose games for the Fitzpatrick, you'll also win games because he looked good. I mean, he I beat mean, the Patriots at the Fitz end of the season. Fitzmagic or Fitztragic. It's one of the two. Right. So, it's I mean, one of, the two. one of the best backups in all of football. I agree. Also, don't forget, Miami still has Josh Rosen on their team, too. They need to get rid of yeah. him. Yeah, they do. Trade they he, I still don't think Rosen's a bad quarterback. He could be traded and be a solid backup He just backup hasn't been in the, in the right system for he hasn't. Yeah, he's been with Arizona yeah. and he's been with Miami. 
maybe go to a place like New England, see if Tom Brady can coach him up. That's really the only place I can see him. Really. I would love to see him in New England. I mean, granted, I don't want to see the Patriots to win like everybody else, but like the Patriots are the one team that can take almost any quarterback and fit them in their system. Also with New England, just trade pennies and dimes always. As they do. Except when they traded for Mohamed Sanu and traded a second round pick, but that's beside the point. I think that pick was worth it though. I, I think it'll be mm. worth it. What do you I think do though? But he got hurt. I think it will be worth it. I feel like in time they're gonna they're gonna get that value. Sanu was fine in Cincinnati. He was fine in Atlanta, and he's gonna be fine in New England. He was That's better than Mohammed fine. He was better yeah. than fine at Cincinnati. He was still your third receiver by the time you guys cut him. That's still was showing out though. But I mean, come on, Marvin Jones is there, and then AJ Green, both good receivers. And then Atlanta, you have Julio and Calvin. So like, I mean, you look at it now, and basically the Bengals at one time had three number one wide receivers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They still and still sucked. <laughs> well, on that note, on Tyler's very salty note, it's pretty much all the time we have for you guys today. Thank you very much for listening. As always, we really appreciate all of our viewers, and we have an announcement. The next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking towards creating our own social media platforms. We're going to be marketing a lot more, so our name is going to be out there a lot more. So we want to thank all of our listeners who have been with us from the start, and we really appreciate you and hope that we re- receive your support moving forward. But for now, that's all we have today. As always, Blitz Crew, Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest Tyler Miller, and you have been listening to Beyond the Blitz. Blitz.